On today's episode, I am chatting with Flo and hearing all about her life as a nun. We dive into what she experienced, how she reflects back on everything, and what her views are now. This is definitely a series that you do not want to miss. Join me as I get to know Flo as she brings her vulnerability and spice to this conversation. I had so much fun speaking with her, and I know you will enjoy listening. So, without further ado... Welcome to Whiskey and Lemon. I'm your host, Lana Mercedes. And I'm your guest, Flo Pidlawin. Welcome to the show, Flo. <laughs> hey, nice to be here. I know it's been a while since we've been trying to schedule this, so it's cool that we yeah. finally got to make it happen. <laughs> and I actually am meeting Flo because I went to school with your boyfriend, but I mm-hmm. he gave me like a small little like tease or like spoiler about like just your journey and <laughs> it's been a while for us to do this. So the entire time I'm like on a cliffhanger, like, what am I going to get to talk to her? I have so many questions. <laughs> yeah. He was like, yeah, I have a friend and like, she started a podcast, you know, like, would you be interested in going on? I was like, yeah, I'm always down. I'm always down to kind of like spill the tea and like talk about like my experience since I know it is kind of unique, I guess you could say, for sure. at least for people our age. Um, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because he, he was mentioning something about like his work. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, do you even, are you like able to talk about that on a podcast? Is it going to be like, you know, is there any kind of like legal or whatever? And he's like, well, I'm boring, but my girlfriend would actually be a really good guest to have on. And then he told me about it. I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be way more interesting than talking to you. Yeah. Like, let me get Forget about you. Yeah. Forget about you. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I kind of want to just dive right in because I'm, I've been like waiting for this moment to like hear all yeah. about this story. Um, but no, go ahead. You were a nun. <laughs> I was, I was a nun. Um, I basically like my, my favorite thing to always say is like, yeah, I was a high school dropout and people are always super shocked because they're like, nah, you don't seem like the type. And I'm just like, no, for real. Like I dropped out of high school, but it's always it's- like, what do you even mean? <laughs> like, you know, yeah, like you can yeah. drop out of high school and still do great things, but like, that's exactly. the like, like stereotype. Like stereotype. Yeah. But it's sure. funny. Cause I'm like, yeah, but it's, you know, like I became a nun and <laughs> they're just like, what, what the hell? But yeah, yeah, like I, I, I joined when I was 15 and I was in there for seven years. So I got out when I was like 22 and um, yeah, it's, I oh, guess wow. it's a, it's a really big part of, I guess, like my life and, you know, obviously I was in there yeah. for almost a decade. So it's hard to just like put that aside. And, um, but I think I've come to a point in my life where I kind of embrace that part of my life now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I'm I'm not like shying away from it anymore or like feel like resentment towards it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. When 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 Brian mentioned it, I just thought you were in for like a year, two years top. So the fact <laughs> that you were in like for seven is like I'm like, man, I could have had way more questions. Like we gotta come back and do this again. <laughs> but like Yeah. Okay. And I also had again, because he didn't tell me a lot, which I'm glad that he didn't, but like I also thought that maybe you got into it when you were like early 20s so you're saying you went in at 15 and then you got out in your early 20s so (laughs) like one of my first questions is then like you know usually there's like a split in high school where there's like kids that know exactly what they want to do after high school or Mm -hmm. you know they might figure it out in college or you like think you know what you want to do and then you get to college or you graduate and you're like I'm not even doing what I went to school for and all the in between like where did you fall in in that like on that scale while you were in high school 
Yeah, I mean, when I was in high school, I feel like I had so many like hobbies, like I had like so many things that I was into at the time. And I didn't really have like a direction, I guess you could say, but I think like, it was kind of like this perfect storm of, I got caught up in like a group when I because I'm from the Bay Area. And when I moved to like SoCal, I got involved in like a youth group at church because when we moved to Southern California, like I didn't really have like we didn't have friends, like we didn't know anybody. We didn't have like family here. I didn't have friends here. So, um, you know, the first one of the first few friends I met were like, oh, come to like this youth group um, with me at like some church. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we grew up Catholic, but, you know, we weren't involved like that in like the church. Like we would go like to church like on Christmas and like Easter and like that was about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, and I just kind of got like swept up in this youth group and they were connected to this congregation. And that's how I was introduced to them. But I think it was that vulnerability of like being isolated in that way that I got so, so involved. And I just became like so passionate about it. And I'm I'm, I feel like I'm pretty like passionate person to begin with. So it was like this good mix of like being vulnerable and being lonely and then feeling like you belong somewhere all of a sudden yeah and then yeah and then you you just started like I just started like dedicating like all of my time to like what they were saying and like buying into like what they were teaching and I say buying in and like all that stuff because I do feel like you know looking back now that it felt more like a cult than it did like a congregation in my opinion Mm -hmm. um so yeah, that's kind of how I got like involved and like recruited, I guess you could say into it. Yeah. Okay. So two questions. You said you were here for how long? Um, in the, not here, but like before you, cause you said you didn't like know anyone. So like how, like how long were you like, you know, maybe trying to like meet people before like that actually happened? Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was in, I moved, we moved to SoCal when I was like, 13 and then I got involved in this group when I was like 14 or no. Yeah. Like 14. So I was basically in Southern California for maybe like a year and a half, close to two years Mm -hmm. before I, before I left to like go join the nunnery. (laughs) Got it. Okay. Which I actually want to ask you like what the proper like verbiage would be as we move in. So like I'll start with nunnery. You can um, say nunnery because it kind of sounds like bakery and I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay, that works. <laughs> um, so actually, and then a follow-up question, and if you don't have an answer for, for this, it's okay. But like you said that it felt more like a cult than a congregation. How would you, mm-hmm. how would you personally describe the difference in the two? Well, I think one of, I mean, everything in hindsight, right? So like one of the big things that like I realized when I finally got out was that, um, you know, you kind of start reading about like different congregations, because obviously, like, there's not just one, like, there's so many congregations like that are under like the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just kind of start to realize that the things that we were doing, no one else was doing. <laughs> and so like, it, you know, like things come to light, and you're just kind of like, wow, like you start questioning, you start questioning your experience. And like, was that normal and then you know the last couple of years that I was actually in the the nunnery um we were going through like this process of basically getting like validity from like the Vatican so anyone can start uh, any kind of group basically is like the premise Mm -hmm. um like you can start a group you can gather and you can pray together and all that stuff you don't need like any kind of like special whatever but in order to like 
become like an authentic, I guess you would say, congregation that like the Vatican approves is like, um, you kind of have to like apply for like this whole process. So you apply to the Vatican and the Vatican sends like a bishop and a priest and like a nun to basically like observe your life to make sure like there's nothing like, you know, shady going like shady shit going down or like right. things like ethical and like we started that process while I was like in the congregation and it was just like really shady how they were kind of going about it too like they would tell us like okay so on paper we're doing this but that's not actually what we're doing and oh, so it was like they were even saying that like yeah Oh. Yeah, like, like, straight up, they would just be like, okay, so in our constitution, which is like, basically, like our handbook of like living as a nun, yeah. like, we're gonna change such and such, but no, we're not really about that. Okay, Shit. so, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so like, when they come and observe you, this is what we're gonna follow, but know that that's not gonna be like a forever thing. You know, mm. so like, one example would be like, um, so they didn't really like they were a big like reparation, I guess that's what they called it. Like basically like you suffer for the reparation of your sins. Like that was a really big theme in this congregation. And so okay. a lot of our practices that we did were like, oh, like you would only sleep for a certain amount of hours every day. So our schedule was basically like you, you go to sleep at like 10 and then you wake up at like 245 every day. And then you wait, I'm sorry. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, dude. yeah. So you yeah. go to sleep at like 10 p.m. and have and be woken up at 245 in the morning. But the kicker is that we also have this thing called like nocturnal adoration. So they would wake you up in the middle of the night at any hour or like you you were assigned like a certain hour in the night to go pray. And so they would wake you up, like, let's say like my time was like 12 p or 12 a.m. So mm -hmm. I would go to sleep at 10. They would wake me up at 12 a.m. And then after an hour of praying, I would go back to sleep and then wake up at 2.45 for morning prayer. So we barely slept. We barely slept. And like, that was one thing that they changed when we started like this process of like, okay, now, now we're going to let you guys sleep more because they knew that they were going to get in trouble for like how little we were sleeping. Yeah, you know what I mean? like already a psychological thing because like sleep exhaustion is real. Like if you're only yeah. letting someone like you, they're not thinking straight. Like they're just like mm -hmm. desperate for like to try to do anything just to get what they want. Like that's already like a, a tactic. A like red, red flag. Red yeah. Flag. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so there was just a lot of like oh. kind of, you know, not so much like out, out there, like illegal shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but just like stuff that's like, this isn't, normal like this isn't like healthy and you know like just a lot of that kind of stuff is what I realized when I got out <laughs> so when you say like you know stemming from the whole like difference between like the cult and the congregation like when you say we were doing different things and what everybody else was doing are you saying like in that specific church like where you first kind of connected with everybody was like different from like other churches no I would say like from from different congregations so there kind of came a point like when I was like probably like six years in um maybe like towards like the last year that I was there that we um we were like on mission somewhere where all of these congregations in like the area like met up so we got to meet like other sisters right and like one big one big red flag and I I kind of like 
put these pieces together in my head like afterwards was like you know if you looked around at all the congregations like we were the youngest like by like decades we were the youngest like all of like my sisters and I like in our in our congregation we were like early 20s like you know, 21. And that was by design. Like, was everybody like that was, into like the group based on their age, and then there was like another age that would be in a different group kind of thing? Well, no. So how it worked was like you were grouped into like when you joined. So okay. let's say you you joined from like January of t- 2007, from like June of 2007, then you would be put together, and that would be called like a batch. But it just so, so happened, like everyone going in at that time was your age. It was like no one really going in like their 30s at that time. Is that what? Well, well, this is the thing. Like our whole congregation was young. So I like so, pray on you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So they their whole thing was like, we need to recruit young. And like the thing is, like I entered when I was 15, but I wasn't the youngest in my batch. Like I like the youngest in our batch was like this, like barely barely 14 year old girl like you know what I mean like she didn't even she didn't even get to high school and like that's the thing like that was like one big red flag is like our whole congregation we were so young compared to like other congregations like all their congregations their nuns were like 35 38 in their 40s you know what I mean like they were like think of like legal stuff like that just seems yeah so crazy yeah And like, I remember when I left, like, cause you need obviously like parental consent because like I'm a minor. Um, I remember like they promised like my parents, like, yes, she will be homeschooled. Like she will continue her education, but that was a lie. (laughs) So like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a lot of like, not so straightforward shit, you know what I mean? And so like, that's when you start really questioning, like, "Mm, like, is this is this really a congregation? Yeah. Okay, so and I'm just still trying to even wrap my head around the sleep part because like I need my sleep. So I'm still I'm still really No, girl. I feel you. Yeah. So like, okay, so going back a little bit to the youth group and you're saying like did you see any red flags then? Was it more like this is just a chance for me to connect and like I see red flags but I'm gonna ignore them because like this is a way for me to like have some community here or was it just like this seems great I'm all in no I didn't I didn't I didn't see (laughs) red flags it was really just like oh my god like this seems great like I'm part of something and it feels important and it feels like I'm changing the world in a sense or I'm doing you know what I mean like I'm contributing something like good for the world And, you know, they would always kind of like repeat like this kind of like motto to us of like, oh, like because of you guys, like you're saving your family's souls. And they would kind Mm -hmm. of like hold that kind of like carrot over your head. Yeah, because then it's not about you anymore. It's like the people that you care about, which is a whole nother layer. Yeah. And, And then that makes you feel good. You know what I mean? It makes you feel like, oh, I'm like sacrificing for something way bigger than I am or something greater than I am. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. that gives you like this feeling of like power and almost like importance. So it's, it was like a really, it was very like, I would say like strategic design Mm -hmm. to keep you moving forward, you know? Yeah. Okay. So I'm curious then, like, yeah, so you're, this is like 
at in the congregation and you said this was like are you able to like say kind of like the general area of where this was or like where you first met like the youth group yeah so um I met the youth group out in like Inland Empire and that's like where we moved to in Southern California but when I joined the congregation um, my first year I spent on the east coast so we were like stationed in Dover Delaware which is like in the middle of freaking nowhere I was gonna ask how far out oh interesting yeah Yeah. So basically on the other side of the country. And then after that, all of our training and all, all of our training and formation is what they called it. Like basically like, you know, training to be a nun um, happened in the Philippines. So I was in the Philippines for five years. Okay. Out of the seven years that I was a nun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the last year I was assigned to Nebraska. (laughs) in the middle of nowhere <laughs> was it often that you like were you generally staying you said it was batches like would you generally stay in the same like everyone from your batch would like go together or were you like getting split up along the way so it was like that for the first like two years is basically like your batch like you go through formation together and then you get split up and so we weren't we weren't together after that second year yeah did you end up being with like anyone from the beginning or it was like all new people? Uh, no, for, for, I think my, my experience, I think was unique other than like, than the other people in my batch, especially like, cause we had like foreigners in my batch. And then we had like locals, like from the Philippines. Cause our like main station was in the Philippines, you know? So, um, a lot of the foreigners that I was with, that I entered with, like, um, I was the only one that that had to stay in the Philippines. Like everyone else got to go out and like do mission back in like the States or in Australia is also where our other like house was. But I was like yeah. the only one that had to stay in the Philippines. So I don't you know. You never got clarity <laughs> as to like why that was the case. I have my suspicions, but like I, ne- no, I never got like a direct kind of like answer of like, why me? Like, why did I have to stay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't have to, of course, answer this, but do you feel like, I don't even know how to put this, but do you feel like the reason you were there, like if it was like a, like one particular person was like making that choice versus like just kind of a circumstance kind of thing? I think it was like personal, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, do you feel like it was more personal? My, my suspicion was always like, because I was like the youngest out of like the foreigners in my batch. Um, I think they just didn't want me to go back to the States because I felt like they felt like I would go home. (laughs) And Mm. like, so like, I feel like they kept me there because I was kind of like this token foreigner, you know, like, I was, I was on a lot of like the advertisement, like a lot of the foreigners were not just me, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like, cause we recruited so much in the Philippines. So it was like, Mm. oh, look, we have Americans in our congregation. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I feel like that was like their point. And also like the more foreigners they had in the Philippines, the more money they could like ask to like, oh, donations from family. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
So I, I feel like it was kind of more that than anything else. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know why. I always wondered. I was like, why am I the only one here? Like, send me out. Like, I could do this, you know, (laughs) but like, nah, they were like, nah, you stay, you stay. (laughs) Send me out. Okay. So were you, how, okay. And I apologize if I'm like asking repetitive questions, but how long were you, I think you said around six months, but I could be making that up. How long was it from like the moment that you started going or like you joined the congregation to when you actually went to the nunnery? Mm, So, so it's, 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 I think, oh, I don't know. How how do I say this? So like when you enter, you're basically like part of the nunnery, but it's just like how they do it is like you have different stages before you kind of become like a full-fledged nun, I guess, if you can think about it that way. So like the, does that make sense? Yeah. So I guess. So is there like a moment of like, when you first are like, oh yeah, I'm interested in this. How long did you stay in the IE before oh. you were like actually off in, uh, co- no, not Colorado, Delaware? Delaware, Delaware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. So like I, we had like this big like retreat when I was like 14. It was like right before my 15th birthday. And I distinctly remember this. And at the end of this retreat, you know, it's like, you know, they turn off all these lights and they have like everyone praying. And it's like this really big, emotional moment and you know it's like this like hall full of like high schoolers so like they set the mood for this right like you're built like the whole it's like a whole weekend retreat and the whole weekend they're kind of building up to this moment and so oh my god I I remember this I was just like kneeling with like and like they're having like this big speech at like the altar or like the stage. And they're saying like, you know, if you feel God pulling on your heartstrings, like if you feel God calling you, like stand up and walk to the stage. So basically like this whole weekend, they were basically just explaining that everyone has three callings, you know, it's either you're called to be a mother or like a parent, or you're called to be like, single for the rest of your life basically Mm. or you're called to become like a nun or a priest and so like it they called it like a vocation so it's like your vocation like what's your what's your deep calling that God wants you to do so that you can like have this like completely full life like you know it was like this iteration like this whole weekend it was building up to this moment and so they called everyone up to the stage and I I don't know like I just felt really emotional and like really called so i I freaking walked up to the stage and then right after the retreat I like asked my parents like can I go and they were like no no you can't go you're 14 like what are you talking about yeah Um, and I think like from that moment to when I left it was like six six months maybe like or seven months maybe seven months like I was just not stopping like the asking like I just kept you know what I mean? Like I was, yeah. I, I, I was a stubborn kid. I, it's just kind Did of like, your, no, I yeah. won't take no for an answer. Kind <laughs> of shit, you know? Did your parents ever like, or were they even able to go and see like, what the hell is going on here? No, okay. no, they, they had, you know, they never heard of this congregation. They had no idea that I was like involved in church like that. Like they knew I was going to like youth group, but they had no idea it was like, to this level or to like, this I'm extent now. yeah <laughs> yeah 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 like they were like what the fuck like where is this coming from yeah. like, like we didn't we didn't raise you to be all like catholic you know what i mean like right. and so so it really threw them off it really threw them off for sure but okay. like i think yeah from the moment the first time i asked 
from like the moment I left, I think it was about like six to seven months. And I actually got really like sick too, because I think I was so stressed out about like wanting to go that my mom was also like, oh my God, like, she, I, I mean, should we just let her go? Like, she seems like, it's not like she's running away to become like a stripper. You know what I mean? Like, oh, so you're saying sick because like, you didn't think you're gonna be able to go. Like, I really want to do this kind of stress. Yeah. 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 So it was, yeah. So I don't know, man. Like it was, it was, Which was probably it happened- for them, like <laughs> probably why they maybe never got nervousness because they were just like this like it's it's a youth group or it's like congregation how bad can it be exactly we're making her sick by keeping her here like let's make her happy kind of thing yeah like oh like oh it's it's god you know what i mean like how are we gonna you know even though like they weren't super catholic like they still believed in like god and all that stuff so it was like you know how can we fight god or whatever okay so that now makes me wonder did you have the autonomy to like call your family while you were out there? What was mm. the communication like? Like, yeah, so they had <laughs> they had pretty strict rules when it came to like that. And um, our our basically they told us that we were allowed to talk to our parents once a month for five minutes, and there would be what you call like an assistant listening to your call, because their whole thing was like, oh, like. Um, you only don't show show the roses, not the thorns. Like so, oh, like yeah. So they I, like my yeah. heart just dropped. I thought you were gonna say like once a like day or once you said once a month, even like and then say five minutes. That's at yeah. 14, 15 years old. It's I mean, like it's just it's yeah, like it's just crazy, honestly. Like now that I even like even now, like when I talk about it, it really doesn't feel like I'm talking about like my life. You know what I mean? It just kind of feels like, oh yeah, it's a story I know really well. And I'm just kind of reiterating it, you know? But um, I think that's why too, like it kind of just like reaffirms what I think that this is like a more of a cult than it was a congregation because Mm. it's definitely like a tactic of like a cult is to like isolate you from like your family and like your loved ones. And it's very effective if you do it that way, right? Yeah. Like where you can't really, really talk about like your life and how you're doing. Like all you can really say is like, yeah, I'm good. How are you guys? You know, can I, can you send me money? <laughs> so, <laughs> like, and, and maybe you didn't even try to do this, but like, I'm guessing like, or I'm wondering what would happen if you were set, like, were about to say like, I'm not happy here or something. Like, do you, has anybody ever tried to do that? Would they just hang up the phone? Like, how are they... How would they like prevent you? From yeah, doing with this that? like assistant on the line. Yeah. Well, like I feel like they created like this environment um, where you wouldn't even dare to try to do that if someone was listening to you, you know, because like the assistants would then report to like the superior and then the superior would like take you aside and like, you know, and, and it, it made you just feel so bad, like that guilt, you know, like that Catholic guilt of like, oh, I'm not giving my true calling a chance or, you know, they would like kind of manipulate it in that way where like, oh, like you're suffering right now, but it's meant to be that you're suffering because, you know, like if you want to love God, it wouldn't be easy. And if you want to save your family's souls, you have to suffer for it. So, you know what I mean? So it was never like physical, just like always very psychological and how they were Mm -hmm. like, look what you're creating or like, look what you're doing now. 
yeah the moral and like emotional struggle was fucking real like for sure like they it's just like mind games man like it was just non-stop and they always tied it in so well and the and i think the thing is too i don't even think they saw it as like mind games like you know what i mean like they they were just like so integrated in that thought that they were just like teaching like the next generation the things that they learned you know what i mean so it's like for them it's just like no this is like what being holy is like this is what being like religious is like this is loving god like this is how you do it you know so your and maybe this changes throughout your seven-year experience but your like gut or feeling whether that's changed after or you had a different feeling when you were there is that they genuinely felt like they were like doing good and that like you don't feel like they were trying to manipulate you like you don't feel like it was like or at least not the whole yeah I definitely feel like some some of the superiors took advantage of just like the power trip you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. being in control of like so many people and like you know, feeding their ego in that way, I would say. But I do feel like there was some some superiors and some sisters in there that like truly genuinely felt like, you know, I'm doing God's will. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing good and I'm I'm like fulfilling like my vocation and my promise and my calling by doing A, B, and C. You know what I mean? And like, um, which is why it's like, I think, yeah, I mean, I think the superiors too, a lot of them didn't have training on how to like be a good leader and take care of people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and and I think that's so important. And I think they were just like going on the fly of like what they think they should do, but they never had children. You know what I mean? Like we were kids, we were kids. I don't care what anyone says. Like if you're 14 to like 18, like you're a kid, like you don't know shit about the world, you know, like you don't know shit about like how how people can be and like how bad people can be and like how they can kind of take advantage of you and that like you want to kind of see people like you want to hope for the best and then you're like no Mm -hmm. this person is just trying to help me I'm like I'm sold on like just like happiness and yeah and they're telling me like this is God's will and if I really love God then I'm supposed to do this this is what I'm supposed to do you know like they definitely like doubled up on that for sure for sure okay and man that's crazy yeah I mean because like you said the majority of like they're trying to get people at a young age so it does make sense that these a lot a lot of them are like believing it because they're like that that's what they've known their entire life by the time it's like you start Mm kind of coming into your own and being an adult making your own decisions like you've already been in this for like years so yeah like you don't question shit man like they tell you the craziest shit and like you don't you don't think like this is insane like you just don't you just don't and yeah like you just like why would why would they do that like why would they lie to me I'm like like yeah like this is yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) like at this at my age it's like why would I why would I think like you know they'd have some kind of ill will yeah you always want you're always naive until someone like shows you why you shouldn't be right like you're always trusting until you like start to learn that you can't do that especially since like you know like they essentially like become like your pair like your parental figures you know what I mean so it's Mm -hmm. like you just you just take their word for it like they would tell us the craziest shit dude like they would be like yeah like we're in the apocalypse and like we have to cover the windows with black plastic bags because that's going to protect us from radiation like what the fuck dude like what the fuck 
like, and, and at that time you were like hell yeah let me grab some tape like <laughs> yeah I was like putting on the fucking like plastic bag I'm like oh we, we need more we need more we need another right. level like yeah <laughs> are you sure you we know? get the double layer of this yeah I know <laughs> like you don't need three because I can still see light you know what I right. mean like <laughs> yeah dude like you oh, just man. you just you just you're just fully on board and you're already like fully bought into like what they're selling or what they're saying and what they're teaching you know okay so now I'm over here thinking as you're talking about like the light and like sun's coming in radiation then and still me being stuck on the fact that y'all didn't get any sleep <laughs> what, what was the typical day like because now I'm just imagining you're getting woken up and then like when it hits five it's like hurry up and cover the windows like were you able to like go outside and get fresh air ever like what was that like so that was only kind of like a stint in like my whole time like there was like a 40 day period where they really like kind of put like the end times and like our final test before we became like full-fledged nuns so that was just like a like a small portion of like like the covering the, of the windows yeah the covering of the windows and um you know we can kind of circle back on that but basically like a uh, typical day for us would be like okay we wake up at 2 45 um you kind of like wash up and get ready because it's the philippines it's fucking hot so you can either like take a shower if you can or just like wash your face brush your teeth and then everyone would be in the church or like the chapel by like three. Mm -hmm. And then we would start morning prayers. We had morning prayers and that would last for like two and a half hours. And then we would have mass right after and that would last for like two hours. And then by that time, it's like what, seven, 7.30. And then, so basically like after mass, everyone breaks into like our chores time. So we would have chores and they would prepare the breakfast and then by like eight o'clock we would have breakfast then we would clean up and do personal time after and then we had classes so then we had classes from like I don't know like nine to I want to say like four or three in the afternoon everything you explained that you're doing before classes like I feel like in normal like situations it'd already be like 6 30 p.m like it's like that's your like, that's your whole day that's, that's your, your whole day, day. yeah <laughs> wild okay yeah and then in the middle of that you would have like daytime adoration which is an hour so you go back to the chapel and you pray again and then I think like after classes and after that you like finish up chores that you weren't able to do and then you have like personal time. So you could do like your laundry and shit, um, take a shower. I don't know. And then we have evening prayers. So evening prayers would be usually at six. And then that would last for maybe like two hours, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then we would have dinner. Sometimes we would have recreation. Sometimes we would have like a movie night. And by movie night, I mean like a church movie, you know? like Prince of Egypt type shit. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then after dinner, it's like you wash up, you get ready for bed and then, you know, you go to bed and then the, you get woken up for your nocturnal adoration in the middle of the night. So you pray for another hour, then you go back to sleep and then you kind of just do that all over again. <laughs> this is, that's like, it's like as a mixture of like me feeling like non-productive now, but then also I'm like so exhausted just hearing that. That's that's crazy. No, it was it was exhausting. And and, and yeah, it was just so tiring. Did you feel like, like I mean, like the exhaustion part aside, I guess just like you're like 
your your frame of mind doing all these things right because it becomes like I'm sure just like repetitive Mm -hmm. were you like excited like oh we're gonna do this next like did you have was there anything like you were looking forward to was it everything or was it just get to a point where it was just like oh god like I want to sleep I don't want to do this or were you yeah I think I think I got pretty good at just being indifferent about everything Mm in terms of like this is my life like as sad as that sounds like it like it kind, of kind of numbing yeah it was so it was super numb like at that t- I think at that point like probably like three three years in like it was just kind of like this is my life like I I just have to like find a way to like survive every day mm-hmm. and it was like it was just kind of like going through the motions and you're kind of on autopilot but I'm I think like there were times obviously like when you had like Christmas, like Christmas was such a huge deal. Like it's, it's a big deal in the Catholic church and like Easter, you know what I mean? Like we would have like these really big celebrations and those were like great and those were fun, but those were, you know, not your everyday kind of thing. Oh, right. So So, like this entire time you didn't see your family the whole seven years. So in the seven years that I was in, I saw my family in a total of four times. Mm. Yeah. Okay. How, like, was it, how, like, why did, were they, like, watching your every move? Like, how does that? So the first time I saw my family after I joined, because when I left for Nun Life, my mom was actually pregnant with my little brother. So before they sent us to the Philippines, my baby brother was born and I was able to kind of like see him when he was like three days old. So we were able to kind of like do a stopover in California before we went to like the Philippines, if that made sense. Um, so we were, you able- were already in Delaware for a while. And then we were, yes. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and most, most of my batch, we were from California because we were all recruited from the same Got group. It. <laughs> and when you say so, over in California, was this like, oh, I get an hour with my little brother? Or were you like there for days? Probably like an hour or two. I was there. And someone was there with you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was supervised then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was supervised. Everything was supervised. Like everything was supervised. Like you couldn't go anywhere without an assistant. That was like the rule. Yeah. The term assistant, like, you know, it's like, oh, they're just here to help you. They're your assistant. It's like. They're there to monitor you. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. like, I hear, a, I hear a warden, but, like, okay. We'll call oh, that's assistant. a better word. That's a better word. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's more accurate to, like, the job description, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, damn. Okay. And then, so, everything was usually, like, if you were seeing your family, it's because it was like maybe convenient for them along the way. It wasn't like any kind yeah. of like, oh, everybody gets to see their family in January. No, like no, no, no. Like there was never like a mass, like go ahead, see your families. No, it was very, it was like under more like special circumstances. So the other times that I saw them was when I got bailed. And that was like a year later after I saw them the first time. And then the third time I saw them was I had to fix my visa. So I came back to California for like two or three days to fix my mm-hmm. visa. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth like, time. We don't, we don't want any legal issues. Let her go handle that. And then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then the fourth time was, I think my, my, cause my, my dad and my stepmom got married in the church. So I was able to like 
go to that. Like my dad pretty much like called them and requested like, can my daughter come to like my wedding kind of thing. Wild. Um, and I don't think they wanted to say no for, you know, obvious yeah, reasons. Yeah. But that was your, the your, only- your parents got a called, right? And said like, she's, they can't like, your kid. Like they could say like, she's, we're coming to get her. They could, there's nothing they can yeah. do about it, right? There's nothing, but I was already, I think I was like 19 at the time or 18. Mm. So like, you know, I wasn't a minor anymore when that happened. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, those were, those were the, those were the four times <laughs> that I got to see them um, while I was in. And then like the veiling, you mentioned veiling. So like that mm-hmm. is like, that's a, like, you know, like everybody sees it, but it's like, it's a whole process. It's a whole ass ceremony, dude. Like I felt like I was, I felt like I was at my fucking wedding. Like it, it was oh, like, wow. a, it was like a whole cathedral. It was like flowers everywhere. Your parents walked you down to the aisle and like presented you to God. You, you changed, oh. you got a veil, you got new uniform. They changed your name. Yeah. Cause I don't they, think I ever like really realized or like thought about like what it was called. But that, yeah. when you said veiling, I was thinking like marriage right away. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I if somebody would have asked me because I have no idea, like, oh, they just like it gets delivered in a package. It says like flow on it. And it's like, here, your like your uniform came. Like, I don't. Congratulations. Like, like yeah. it's kind of like cap and gown when you graduate. Right. It's like, here's your lunch. Here's your veil. Like, there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a it was a whole ass ceremony. So it was like the first time they invited like family to like come and come and see your daughter's like enter into like the nunnery kind of thing like, fully fully so yeah they changed our names they gave us like a whole new uniform they shaved our hair and, and I'm sorry we have to back- yeah wait, wait, wait. Okay, so your family <laughs> this was in the Philippines so like your family came out there yeah yeah they and came then out there. shaving like huh <laughs> so this is like one of my favorite stories to tell because I think it's so fucking funny like so I hope you are enjoying this conversation with Flo. Stay tuned as we continue exactly where we left off next week.